0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning is from our gospel lesson just read for us from Luke 12, especially this verse. Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. You may be seated. Now what is your most important Possession. As you think of an answer to that, I want to quickly remind you that your spouse is not a possession. You don't own them. They're not property. Sorry. But what is your most important possession? I posed that question on Facebook earlier this week, and a lot of my Facebook friends responded as I hoped they would, and they gave me a nice mixed bag of answers. They said things like their house. I think that makes sense. Their computer their wedding or engagement rings or other jewelry, some that had been passed down from their mother and their grandmother. A couple said their musical instruments. One couple said a wine jug that they had purchased while they were in Turkey. I also had one friend say that air conditioning was their most important possession. I think they may have been kidding, but they also very well might have been serious with how the weather has been these last few weeks. For me, if I had to pick one, well, I can't because I'm really indecisive. But a few of my most important, most possessions, I would have to say probably one would be my car. It helps me get places. Maybe my computer, probably, though, my cell phone, as I'm sure it's very important to a lot of you. And then my wallet, and especially the things in my wallet, like my money, my license, my credit, debit, cards, the access to everything that I own, really. And what I learned in hearing these answers and just experiencing life in general is that we are definitely a people that value our possessions. The things that we have, we think they're important. And rightly so, for the most part, I would say, is the things that we have help us to live. God uses our money, our possessions, to provide for us. Without a house, we would have nowhere to live. Without food, we'd have nothing to eat. Without air conditioning, we'd be dripping in sweat the entire day. Without money, really, we couldn't pay for any of this stuff. We wouldn't have a way to to get any of it. It helps us take care of ourselves, our spouses, our families. And ultimately, there's some things that... Just bring us a little bit of happiness here and there. Some musical instruments, some jewelry, a computer. Nothing wrong with any of that. And for you, I'm sure this is not a new revelation. This isn't a surprise to you. You know all this. But what happens then when we base the value of our lives or on someone else's life, how important we might be or how important we think they are based on the stuff that they have, how much money, how much cool cars, cool collections, great real estate holdings, and all of the money that it brings to them. What happens when our main focus in life is to simply stuff our wallets and our houses full of, well, more stuff? Now, I'm sure you also are familiar with these common sayings, you can't take it with you. He who dies with the most toys wins. Frankly, I prefer its counterpart. He who dies with the most toys still dies. Now, these sayings, yes, they're something that we came up with as humans, but ultimately they do have some biblical basis from Jesus himself, who tells us in our gospel lesson one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So then, how do we value our lives? If the most important thing in the world really isn't to buy everything that we could ever possibly want, if the worth of our neighbor isn't based on how big their house is and how full of stuff it is, then what's really important? There's been a recent commercial put out by a company called Groupon. You may be familiar with this commercial. They say that there's two kinds of people. There are the haves and the have-dones. Now, the haves value things that they have. They find their possessions, their stuff, to be the most important things in their life. Whereas the have-dones, yeah, the possessions are important, but what they really enjoy, what they really find to be important in life, is the experiences. The things that they've done, the places that they've seen, the different things they've tried and experienced. And according to this commercial... And since it helps sell the company, the most important things in life are the have-dones, the things that you've done, the things that you've seen, the things that you've experienced. Now, when I asked this question on Facebook, I had some people respond, their most important possession is their memories. I certainly think that's a wonderful thought. In fact, I did have one person who said that their computer was the most important. They said that not because their computer was expensive, not because it was worth a lot of money, but rather because on this computer were thousands and thousands of pictures that she had taken, that she had stored over the years of her, her husband, her kids, her family, full of these memories, these experiences that you just couldn't replace. Now this was someone that certainly valued the have-dones, the memories over the haves, over the computer itself. Now in our text for today, We see a parable. Jesus tells us a story, and I think this is probably one of his slightly more harsh parables, but one that conveys an important message nonetheless. In this parable, we see a man who I think could certainly be classified as a have. He is a rich man. He might be a farmer. He at least owns land and pays someone to farm it out for him. And he has just had a wonderful year for crops. It has been the best year that he has ever had. The land has produced more than it ever did. But he didn't have enough room in his barns for all of this stuff. So naturally he takes the easy way out and tears down the old barns and builds bigger ones. Bigger, better, larger, huge barns to stuff everything that he has in it. Because everything that he grew, everything that his land produced could supply him everything he needs for years and years to come. And that sounds like pretty great news, really. So he says to himself, Self, you have done a great job getting all of this stuff. So take some time off. Take a few years. Enjoy your stuff. Relax. Eat, drink, and be merry. And I got to admit, that sounds like a great idea to be able to take a few years off to not have to work at all just to enjoy the things that you have. It sounds lovely, and I'm sure it really does to some of you, too. But see, God doesn't like this plan. He speaks to the rich man and essentially tells him that he's going to die tonight. He says, this night, your soul is required of you, and the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? But why? Why is this such a problem? Doesn't God want us to enjoy our lives, to enjoy the things that he has given us? Well, well, certainly. But that wasn't this man's priority. See, Jesus continues to say, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. All of this stuff that God had given this rich man, he didn't recognize that God had given it to him. What wasn't important in his life wasn't God, but rather all of the stuff that he had. Our possessions, the things that we have, they are important, certainly, but... As Jesus tells us, our lives are not a measure of our possessions. We're not valuable because of what we have, because when we die, it it all stays here. It doesn't come with us. Now, as harsh as this might sound to you, I think Jesus tells us this parable for two reasons. The first, as a warning, you can't take it with you. A man's life is not a measure in the amount or in the value of, Of his possessions. When it's all said and done, when our lives are over, when our bodies are buried in the grave, our stuff stays here. As our Old Testament lesson from Ecclesiastes puts it, everything is vanity. This man, this rich man, he worked very hard to accumulate all of this wealth, all of these crops, all of this stuff. I'm sure building those barns wasn't cheap or easy. He spent a lot of time and a lot of money doing that. But then when he dies, all of the work that he put into it, everything that he did, it's gone. It's all for nothing because who knows who's going to end up with it next. Maybe they'll just burn the barns, tear it down. There's no telling what kind of person is going to inherit this stuff. And that's what our Ecclesiastes lesson tells us for today. Isaiah 40 tells us that the grass withers, the flower fades. The things of this earth, no matter how beautiful they might be, like the flowers, they're temporary. Psalm 103 says, As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone. The things here don't last. But the second reason that Jesus tells this parable, I think, is, is as an encouragement, as a teaching. Here's what really is important. Isaiah 40 continues on to say, The grass withers, the flower fades, yes, but the word of our God will stand forever. Psalm 103 continues on and says, As for man, his days are like grass. The things of this earth, our life here is temporary, but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to those who fear him. Jesus tells us to be rich in God In the one thing in our lives, in the one thing in in this universe that really lasts. What's actually important, it's not our possessions. It's not even our memories or our experiences, but rather God. God's word and his love for us are the only things in this life that are eternal. In Christ, we really have everything we need, everything we could possibly want, no matter how much we have or don't have no matter how full our wallets or our barns might be. Now, this parable isn't the first time that Jesus teaches a crowd of what's truly important in life. In Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells us that God even takes care of the lilies and the sparrows. These things that the Bible has told us are temporary. So how much more will he take care of us? And he ends with this. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek Christ first. First fill up your barns, your storehouses, with the love of God, and everything else will come. Paul teaches much of the same thing, that no matter how much or how little he had, he had Jesus He says in Philippians, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Because Paul knew that no matter how much he had, no matter how little he might have had, no matter how many times Paul was beaten, imprisoned, he still had Christ. And Christ is the one that gave him the strength, gave him the power, gave him everything that he needed. It doesn't matter what your most important possession is, because God's most important possession is you. Because as humans, what we really need in this life isn't more money, it isn't more stuff, it isn't bigger barns. What we need is forgiveness of sins, it's grace, it's mercy. And through Christ's work, we receive all of that and so much more. Our life isn't valuable because of what we have or what we have done. Our life is valuable because God himself finds value in it. Because God thinks that we are precious to him. We are not a have or a have done. We are a child of God. God has given many of us an abundance of, possess, of possessions, of blessings. He's made our wallets, our barns, our cups overflow with all of the good things that He has given to us. And the blessings that He's given us, He's really given to us for a variety of reasons. God, God likes to give His children good things. We need food, possessions, money, stuff, clothing to take care of what He has given to us, to take care of ourselves, our spouses, our families. To have these things is a blessing. And we're certainly allowed to enjoy our possessions. We're certainly allowed to enjoy the abundance that we have. But when our cups overflow, when our barns are stuffed to the brim, God doesn't want us to buy a bigger cup or to get a bigger barn. When these things overflow, God asks us to let them overflow, to let them spill over. Through Christ, we are given an abundance, an overflowing of grace, of love, of forgiveness. And just as he has spilled that out on us, so too he calls us to share that, to spill it over with those around us. God has equipped us in many different ways to serve him and to serve his kingdom. But ultimately, what is most important is Christ. We value everything that we have, everything that we have been given, both physically and spiritually, because of what Jesus has done for us. Be rich in God, for he is all we need. No, it doesn't matter what your favorite possession is, but it does very much matter what God's most important possession is, and that is you. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus who has done everything for us that we could possibly imagine. Amen.